I would love to say I was really smart and I saved it and I stuck it in the market and today it's worth a million bucks. But I actually took it home, got about 10 of my friends, rounded them up and we all went to the local fair that happened to be in town during that time in the summer. And we had the most fun time ever. We spent all thousand dollars, walked out there with nothing. You're listening to Financial Grown Up with me, certified financial planner, Bobby Rebel, author of How to Be a Financial Grown Up. And you know what? Being a grown-up is really hard, especially when it comes to money, but it's okay. We're going to get there together. I'm going to bring you one money story from a financial grown-up, one lesson, and then my take on how you can make it your own. We got this. Hey, friends. Today's story is about living your life, not your bank account. I'm not talking about being irresponsible, like blowing your child's college fund, or not saving for retirement. I'm just saying, it is okay to give yourself permission to enjoy what you earn, create memories with your friends and family. Josh Robbins is the Chief Strategy Officer at America's Best 401k, which is a major disruptor in the retirement business, one that I actually talk about in my book, How to Be a Financial Grown-Up. Josh is also the proud son of Tony Robbins, whom I have had the pleasure of interviewing a number of times and who contributed both a story and the foreword to my book as well. Josh, of course, as you can imagine, had an unconventional childhood to say the least. And as an adult, he is truly living by his father's life philosophies. This was a great conversation for me because it reminded me that we have to live our lives and create great experiences with those we love. I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. Here is Josh Robbins. Josh Robbins, you are a financial grown-up. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. I can't believe it's been almost a year since we met. We met at the NASDAQ. Your family was being honored because of your dad's charity, Feeding America. And how many millions of meals has that been? Gosh, you know what? It's already, you know, he donated the profits from both of his financial books, Money Master the Game and Unshakable. And so now it's over 300 million meals. Oh my gosh. And now they're on track to do 100 million meals a year for the next seven years. So they'll have done a billion meals just through the profits and through also just through matching. So that Feeding America, if anybody's listening, wants to make a donation, Tony will match it. I think it's feedingamerica.com forward slash Tony Robbins. Really simple. So he's... He's committed to making a difference. And it's interesting because so you grew up in a very interesting environment where you would be backstage at your father's events. Tell me your money story. You were a little entrepreneur at what, age 11? Yeah, you know, I was always trying to figure out how to hustle and, and run around and, and make money. And so, uh, you know, Tony has these big seminars. And back then, they'd be like these marathon events, like 10 days long. And there was one that was, I remember in particular, where there's about uh, 5,000 people there. And so every lunch and dinner, they'd go out to these big giant tents, these meal tents where people that were sitting down eating. And I, uh, I pounced on that opportunity to work on my sales skills. What did you do, Josh? Uh, you know, I ended up buying these keychains that were really inexpensive. Do you remember what your cost was? I think my cost was like a buck. Okay. And I was selling them for like three, three to four. Nice. Yeah. Big profit so, margin. Big profit margin. And, um, Everybody loved it because I'd come to the table and I think everybody just loved the idea that, you know, an 11-year-old was kind of selling on. You were probably like, milking that cuteness, you know? So, yeah, well, you know, it's like it's like Girl Scout cookies. Like, what are you going to say no? <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, it was fun. So we ended up – I ended up like raking in about a 1000 bucks over the course of this event. Oh, my gosh. 
And wait, uh, so a thousand dollars? Like, what's the math on that? Three dollars each? Oh my gosh! You were selling a lot of keychains. A lot of keychains. I think everybody in that event had those keychains at the end, <laughs> and I'm sure they all felt super obligated to buy one too. So, anyway, oh, it was but great. It, it was a high quality keychain, I'm sure. Oh, it was incredible. I'm sure they're still around today. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so you walk away with a thousand bucks. So that's first of all, that's a great, great story because that's your entrepreneurial venture and you're learning. But then, what happened to the money? You go home, then what? I would love to say I was really smart and I saved it and I stuck it in the market. And today, it's worth a million bucks. But I actually took it home, got about ten of my friends, rounded them up, and we all went to the local fair that happened to be in town during that time in the summer. And we had the most fun time ever. We spent all thousand dollars, walked out there with nothing in one day. In one day, played every game, rode every ride, you know, and just did every possible thing you could want to do at the fair. And my friends were ecstatic and I was ecstatic. It was beautiful because I learned a really valuable lesson in the sense that money is just a tool, right? right. And the money can be used to create incredible experiences. You know, stuff is fun for a little while, but experiences are really what life's about. And so that was such a beautiful lesson for me. Obviously, saving, you know, I learned that, right. I had to do, learned that later, but. That was a really, really beautiful lesson for me to have. Yeah, so what is the takeaway then for our listeners? And well, by the way, where were the parents yeah, right. when this was going on? <laughs> Great question. It's like a little bit of Lord of the Flies. Stuff I know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I feel like this was a different era that there were all these 11 year olds running around spending, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars each at this thing. Right. It's interesting because millennials now, at least as a stereotype, are into experiences. So is that the lesson for our listeners? There's a line, though. There's a fine line. Because as you said, if you had invested that thousand dollars, you know, we could be having a different discussion. You're, you're absolutely right. Yeah, I think, look, for me, the, I think the takeaway is twofold. One, we're living in the day and the age of the side hustle, you know, as Gary Vee would say, you know, you got, I think everybody needs to figure out how to create that additional money that they're going to be able to sock away. So if, if they can have it from their job, great. But if they just say, hey, you know what, I can't make ends meet, there's always time. You know, I think we're, what's the average amount of time people watch TV these days? It's crazy. Not to mention social media. Oh, social media. I mean, everything's time drained. So people say they have no time. I just don't buy it. So to me, I think creating that opportunity for yourself to have financial freedom is incredible. So that's got to become a priority. People say, I can't afford it, right? But you got to pay yourself first. So in other words, let's just say tomorrow the government raised taxes 10%. You know, we'd all whine and moan, but we'd all end up paying it, right? And you got to think about the same, you got to think about your future the same way. You got to pay your future self in the same way. You got to say, you know, I'm going to tax my current self 10% no matter what or more but I'm going to do it for my future self. And yeah, it might create some cutbacks in the short term, but if you don't want to have the cutbacks, go out and get a side hustle, make it happen. I know one thing you love to focus on, and it's something that we all need to focus on more is fees. Yeah. I think one of the most interesting things is, you know, Tony went out and interviewed 50 of the top financial minds in the world, and it kept coming back to fees as one of the main, main themes, if you will. And what I mean by that is most people have no idea. In fact, I just read a study recently that said 96% of people know exactly how much they spend for their Netflix account. But 71% of Americans think they pay no 401k fees whatsoever. That obviously is a financial literacy challenge, right? And by the way, that's not unusual. So if you don't know how much you pay in 401k fees, it's purposeful, right? It's opaque at best. Yes. For the first 30 years of the 401k's existence, it started in 1983. Up until 2012, they didn't have to tell you how much they were charging, how much they were extracting from your accounts. 
It's crazy. There's no right. disclosure. But now they uh, do. So how specifically can people find out what the fees are and and how do you know if it's the right amount? Because it's okay to pay a little bit. I mean, people yeah, that sure. are running it should get paid. But how do you find it out and how do you know if you are paying too much? Great question. So now they issue these things called fee disclosures. So the challenge is they're very long and kind of opaque. And you know, But you as a participant, if you're in a 401k plan, you should request a copy of your fee disclosure from whoever your current provider is. And they have to provide it to you. And then I'd start to do a little bit of, of archaeology and take a look at that and uncover those fees. Now, we do that as a free service, you know, which we can talk about later. Um, but the point here is that you've got to uncover the fees. And I would say that 0.75% or less as the all-in fee. Okay, I'm talking about the cost of the funds, the cost of the administration, the cost of what they call record keeping, all of those should be 0.75% or less. And unfortunately, they're more like one and a half or two and a half, particularly for small business. Bobby, you know this, you know the impact of these fees. People say, oh, it's only 1% or a small percent. Let me give you an example. If you have two people, two neighbors, both contributing to the 401k the same amount, both get the exact same returns in the market, okay, and both take out the exact same amount at retirement, all things being equal. If one has 1% in fees while the other has 2% in fees, the person with 2% in annual fees will run out of money 10 years sooner than the person with 1% in fees. Oh 10 years, a full decade, they're going to run out of money. And we're living longer, which is a good thing, but we need the, we need our money that we worked so hard for. So you are the chief strategy officer at America's Best 401k, which I also, by the way, talk about in my book, How to Be a Financial Grown-Up and how you are disrupting the industry. So tell us specifically what you offer and how people can use that to get this information and maybe make the right decision for them. We just say, hey, look, we're going to limit all the middlemen, all the brokers, all the unnecessary middlemen. We're going to offer low-cost index funds only. And then we're going to add a very one transparent advisory fee. So our typical plan is like you know, 0.6% or less, all in for everything. So that's what we do. And we have a website for people that don't want to go through that whole financial archaeology on their own. Whether you're a business owner or you're an employee or you're an employee that wants the business owner to pay attention, you can go to showmethefees.com. And showmethefees.com is a fee checker where we allow we kind of give you like a, I'm going to call it an initial estimate, kind of like Zillow does his estimate. So we're going to do the same thing. We're going to give you kind of a, an estimate in the ballpark. And then if you want to take it one step further, all you have to do is just send us that fee disclosure that you can just get from your, you know, call the toll-free number of, of your current provider and just ask them to send it to you and then upload it to us and we'll help you uncover those fees. What you have to understand is if you're an employee, your employer is on the hook with the Department of Labor with legal liability to make sure that the plan is set up for the sole benefit of the employee. So they need to look at fee savings and cost savings opportunities. Employers want to know this stuff. And you as the employee can look like the hero if you bring them a, you know, a great opportunity to save a significant amount of money. Because just like the 1% and 2% example, when you compound it out over time, these 401ks can be firing on all cylinders. And right now, most of them are kind of limping along in mud. So um, <laughs> it's, it's, uh, there's a lot of work to be done out there. We've got a long road to climb. All right. Well, good stuff, Josh Robbins. And where can people find you if they want to follow you, social media, all that stuff? Yeah, I'm at JenkinsRobbins.com, J-E-N-K-I-N-S-R-O-B-B-I-N-S. And then our company is at AB401K, AB401K. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Hey, friends, here's my take on the story that Josh shared with us. Financial grown-up tip number one, Josh gave me a great reminder. A responsible splurge can be a good thing. So when he first told me that he spent all of his earnings on one fantastic day with his friends, 
At first, I thought the lesson, from his perspective, would be one of regret, wishing he had saved and invested the money. But in fact, decades later, he still has such incredible memories of that day, he really doesn't have any regrets. So I realized my gut was wrong. Now, if you're an adult, you have financial responsibilities, you can't necessarily go blow money like from your kid's college fund on a great day with your buddies. But let's put this in context. It was one day's earnings and he was a kid, he was 11. No one was depending on him. Here it is decades later, the memories of the shared experiences are priceless. Financial grown-up tip number two, Josh talks about making time for opportunity. He has some great reminders to create time for yourself and set yourself up for financial freedom. He points out that he and his dad, Tony Robbins, often hear people say they just don't have the time. Well, to Josh's point, maybe watch a little less TV, spend less time on social media, find the time to invest in yourself if that's a priority. Thanks to everyone for your support. If you have not already, please subscribe. If you have a free moment, reviews, totally appreciated. I know you guys are super busy. That's one of the reasons I keep the shows short. Be in touch. I am on Twitter at Bobby Rebel and on Instagram at Bobby Rebel one And for sneak peeks into upcoming episodes and some behind the scenes info about the podcast and my guests, get my newsletter. Just sign up at bobbyrebel.com. I hope you enjoyed Josh Robbins' story and that we all got a little bit closer to being financial grownups. Financial Grown Up with Bobby Rebel is edited and produced by Steve Stewart and is a BRK Media production.